Gore readings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to Flesh Wound Horror Live TV Terror Talk. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Creep Show Season 4. Very excited to check that out. Shout out to everybody already in the chat. Swaggy G, Orc, hope you guys are doing well. And uh, gentlemen, how are you? How are you doing? I know you've both been keeping busy. Just got back from the movies again. Nothing Halloween related. So, ah, uh, what did you see? <laughs> I saw uh, the Nick Cage uh, Western. Butcher uh, Crossing. Yes, and I saw Dick's the Musical, the new A twenty four film. Butcher's Crossing, worth worth the watch for me. Is I think Cagey enough. I don't know. Nah, he kind of reins it in. Okay. The the red in me had some issues with the movie, but that's another day. Oh, uh, really? Okay. The buffalo killing is like a thing with yeah. Yeah, I, I knew it was about that. It's based on a book. Uh that's supposedly pretty good. So I, I was kind of curious because they say it's his first western, but he has old way. I know, like like a month ago. <laughs> I, it could have been filmed though, you know, uh, how well. the filming went, but yeah, they just told them it was their first western, so they put it on the post. <laughs> so, Dick's the musical is this like singing about a singing phallus or what? Uh, what is... no, no, but there is a flying vagina, but no, it's, it's <laughs> I, I forget the name of the actual musical, but they had to tone it down for theaters. Um, oh, okay, but it's about two long lost brothers. You know what? This isn't the show for this, it's, it's oh. the new A24 film. Flying dicks and pussies, nice. <laughs> no flying dicks, though. No flying just dicks. flying. There are some sewer boys, not to be confused with hunky boys, but that feels like false advertising to me. But uh, yeah, well, the, the well, two leads dicks has more than one one meaning, though, Dan. Like you're a dick. Yeah, so are you, Tad? Can uh, also be uh, like a private dick. That's what I thought. Maybe it would be detectives. Well, you heard it here. Dan wants more dicks. Singing dicks. Yeah. I feel like you just, it. I think you should just start the greeting again. We can just cut all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. He didn't even intro us. The fuck. All right. Yeah, I did. Producer Todd and Mike Kruger. You did. We didn't get to do our catchphrases. Nothing. Yeah, we didn't do anything. Well, that's on you guys. That's on you. You the fucking host. You missed your cue. I'm sorry. I said your name. You got excited by me talking about dicks and went all off. Chat, did I not say their names? You said mine because I was telling you what I was what I did. I said both your names, but and that's then Dan right got excited for dicks and westerns, and yeah. I'm glad. I, I'm really glad I tagged Shutter on this one. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they love us. I'm and sorry. I just asked them for another screening. Well, they're like, nope. <laughs> you're two All minutes right. in and you're talking dicks All right. but we are talking creep show tonight so we'll get right into it uh so creep show season four six episodes uh which is of course 12 stories um and they dropped them all at once this year which i didn't mind i was a little surprised they didn't kind of milk it a little bit more but uh, i was nonetheless very happy to binge it all at once. They, they milk us with everything else. So it's all right. Shutter finally did something right. Yeah. Um, there was a question from work. The real question is, where's Pugs Dread? 
Well, Pugs doesn't really care for creep the creep show the show that much. So he pretty much has hated it. Although he was turning on see, he, he Yeah, no, he was turning the last season. I sure. think if it would have went weekly, we could have got him to do it. But the fact it was like, here's six episodes of something, all you think about is how much you hate it. Yeah. I- I'm out. <laughs> yes. So Pugs opted out for tonight. He's he's weird like, with what like, he like likes. like a like a normal person does instead of having computer issues. I talked about that thing like three times. So that's one time I did it. But anyways, Creep Show season four, episode one, uh, which was 20 minutes with Cassandra and Smile from directors Greg Nicotero and John Harrison, uh, Creep Show vets. Uh, and in these in these two stories, Cassie is being chased by a monster and endangers a kind stranger in the process when she asks to be let in her home. Uh, but what can they do with the menace lurking on the outside? On the outside, then a celebrated photographer is tormented after an award-winning photograph has more consequences than just fame. All right, so. Uh, 20 minutes with Cassandra first. Um, one of my favorite stories actually this season, they kick it off with a, with a bang. I really love this one. I I was a little worried because it's been over a year and a half since we've had new creep show. I thought it was done, uh, because we had a longer than normal absence. So uh, I heard rumors about maybe making another movie, and that might have been what was going on. I, I don't know what ended up happening with that, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see them kick this off. Uh, also, a lot of a, a lot of uh, Mike Flanagan uh, alumni in this episode. Uh, I knew I was going to love it when the uh, <laughs> when the pizza boy uh, gets his arm torn off and. I thought that I was like, oh, okay, this is awesome. I won't spoil it, but there is a creature in this great practical effects. Uh, this is actually, I think, a highlight episode for me with the entire series. I really, really love this one. It kind of has almost a Joss Whedon kind of vibe to it in the dialogue in terms of the humor uh, and everything. It's probably an episode that would sad. Probably not the best person to, to reference, though, Dan. It's definitely his uh, style. Uh, <laughs> his style is a little different, yeah. though, Dan. But uh, yeah, this one has kind of an interesting twist to it, of course. Everything that makes a creep show episode uh, a lot of fun. And uh, also, kind of. It's got a little bit of emotion to it too. It it, it juggles a lot in twenty some minutes. Uh, I loved it. Great, great creature, uh, and really, really, also a very funny conversation with the pizza guy. I, I, I really dug that. I thought that was just hilarious. That back and forth where uh, they're having that argument about whether cold pizza is good or not. Uh, so pizza aficionados, you will enjoy this. What did you guys think? Um, for me, I'm 
pretty much the complete opposite. I didn't really care for this segment much wow. at all. Uh, mainly just the tone and the humor wasn't sitting right for me. I did like the creature, but I hated the fact that he, you know, talked and like just the dialogue between him and the main character. I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't my bag. Hmm. I'm with Dan on this one. I really like this. I like the tone of it. I knew the ending was going to be a problem because it's just without saying. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it'd be my series best. I think I still really like that. Was it the Christmas episode? Oh, with uh, Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, there's. <laughs> I, it's definitely for me. I, I get what Dan's saying. It it would definitely be one of the standout episodes of the series. I I, I don't know if I can give it that top billing. But yeah, it, it's it kicked off with a bang for me. All right. So what do you rate that one then? Uh for me, I'm a two out of five. I'd be a four out of five on this one. I am a five out of five. I really love this. <laughs> it uh, better be if you said it was the best of the whole thing. I was gonna be yeah. like, no, like, I, I didn't necessarily that. say that. I said they kicked it off with one of my favorites. <laughs> um of the whole this, series, though, is what you said. Yeah. This will stick in my head, actually. I thought this was really Then I fun. didn't contradict what you said, Dan. Oh, well, I didn't say it was my favorite of season four, though. That's not a guarantee. If it's your favorite of the series, how could it not be? Your... I'm not even going to be one right, of them. didn't say it was my favorite. It said one of my favorite. Open your fucking ears, Todd. Uh, but, Barney uh, Barney likes beer asked, is this series on the same level as Cabinet of Curiosities? I wouldn't go that far, but I, I mean, there's definitely some highlights, uh, especially the first, the first season, I, and I think the last season was I really. I think the really tones strong. are so different, though. Yeah, Cabinet of Curiosities is just like strip. I mean, it's also like a bunch of different tones too, because each segment's uh, like a different style of story, uh, but. I mean, they're similar in both ways. I think they're both fucking awesome. To be Here's honest. a question for you, Kruger. Was it better than Scream 81? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Watch the episode. Find yeah. out. Scream me now. Everything. A kidney stone is better than Scream 1981. Dan, so. did you not hear me just tell them to watch the episode instead of just giving it away? Well, they, uh, Bog Zombie already did. But anyways. Uh, cold pizza. I like cold pizza. <clears throat> honestly it's better than heating it up like if you had some earlier in the day i'm pro cold pizza i'm pro cold pizza but i am 100 percent think you're wrong to heat it up properly use an oven microwave it's garbage yeah that's true if you Todd, want to take the extra time Todd, yes. do you want to pull up uh jamie flanagan's comment Jamie Flanagan said, on behalf of, the, of Team Cassandra, thanks for the love, gang, and no worries, it's a polarizing episode. Hey, thanks for checking out our review. We really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, man. I love the uh, the creature effects and that. So, yeah. yeah definitely uh, an awesome-looking creature. Very Bigfoot-esque with a twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd recommend this one. Like I said, it Buffy vibes to it, which is a good thing. In my opinion. Uh, all right. So our second story, Smile, which I read the synopsis at the beginning. This one's uh, John Harrison, by the way, uh, who directs it. And Dan, uh, so, yeah, not, this is kind of. Did you not get my note? Oh, my bad. I'll read it's it just hard to keep track. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 
short synopsis on these, but uh, uh, when a celebrated photographer is tormented after an award-winning photograph has more consequences than just fame. Uh, all right. So this one's definitely one of the more serious episodes. Pretty fucked uh, up, too. <laughs> very fucked up, actually. Yeah, it, it, it goes hard. Uh, Creepshow does have some of those episodes where they do, uh, you know, stretch away from that comedic tone a little bit. I know the episodes that have that comedy tend to be the most popular, uh, but I, I did, I did enjoy this story. But what did you guys think of Smile? Yeah, dude, this was fucking awesome. I just, I, I loved it. It's like almost like a ghost story in a way but not really and like the whole thing with the photographs um the way they play out into the twist at the end it was just really really fucking cool really dark episode too and definitely like my type of thing and uh it just really nailed the creep show tone also like the first one definitely has creep show series tone but this one felt like something that would be like in the original movie do we know who directed which episode on this one? John Harrison. And okay, he did smile. Okay. Yeah. I I was just checking. Yeah, you know, because the creep show comment, you know, I was trying to figure out if this was the Nicotera one, but actually the Nicotera yeah. one makes more yeah. sense for the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but I, I kind of I enjoyed it. Um this one it did feel like this could be a short in any anthology though for me that's not a bad thing i like the story but it didn't necessarily for me feel creep show uh i haven't talked to anybody else that's watched this yet honestly you're the first two uh but i could see maybe this one not being the most popular episode but the the twist at the end uh very you know very mean uh, yeah. i like mean and, so and I that enjoy it and that's what I think makes the makes it land that creep show feel. Yeah, yeah it's just dark and mean at the end, and yeah, it's, you know, no happy ending. It's yeah, yeah. I, I think it feels a little more theatrical than than uh, the series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So what what do you guys rate it? For me, I'm a four out of five. I'm a three and a half out of five on this one. Yeah, I, I'm right there too. I'm a three and a half, also. I, I but I mean, overall together it makes this episode outstanding. Yeah, it, it pulled it pulled me back in on the second half for sure, and I was like, all right, here we go. See, that's the good thing about like a show like this. There's a little something for everything. Well, except... I I like the different, you know, the the different stories having different tones per episode. Like you don't usually get two that feel like they belong together, which is cool. All right. What do we got next? Yeah. Yeah. And for uh oh just is Dan stalling on between, his episode? Uh if you if you haven't Ooh. yeah, you got a big delay. Yeah, he does. You wanna read this? Are you good? No. I don't know. Am I good? No, you're you're fine, Dan. Go ahead. There is a, a big delay. You you've had oh. this a few times, so we'll just work through it. But go yeah, go ahead. Oh okay. we'll just all right, so episode two, the hat 
and grieving process, but first the hat. Uh, both of these episodes are directed by uh, the directing duo of Kaylee and Sam Spear. And in the hat, a horror novelist's agent offers him help overcoming his writer's block. And the struggling author can't resist. Uh, all right. So what did you guys think of my episode, The Hat? Dan, <laughs> after this episode, I'm going to have you go first on all of them so it's easier to keep the rhythm going with the delay. But in this case, I think you should go last. Kruger, you want to hit this one first? Yeah. Um, first off, I just I love that idea of a hat possessing author with writer's block to uncontrollably spew out stories. I just think that's a really cool concept and watching it come to life in a creep show esque form was great. Uh, I love the hat creature. I, I, cause you know, it is a hat, but eventually turns into a creature towards the end. And it's really, really fucking cool looking, uh, little face hugger esque. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love the way the whole story played out. And, uh, the twist at the end is definitely a bit predictable, but I, I love this segment. It's definitely one of my favorites of the season. It's a segment that feels like creep show. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it is. It, it, it's through and through. Um, I mean, obviously they had to switch out podcasting for writing, so Dan didn't sue him. But other yeah. than that, I think they did a good job. And now you know why Dan won't take off his head. Yeah, Hap, what's under underneath there? Dude? <laughs> show us, Dan. Show us. Never know. You never know. All right. Well, Dan, sure. what did you think about your biopic? Uh, I thought the effects work in this was amazing. I think uh, you, you nailed it. I mean, this is that perfect creep show vibe mm -hmm. uh, that I love so much. The The writer, uh, the lead uh, character, pretty much looks like a cross between Vincent Chiavelli, the late character actor, and Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I think he added a lot to the episode. Uh, there might be a few episodes of Creepshow if I could throw some criticism at it. Like, sometimes you'll get maybe an actor that doesn't fully get that EC Comics feel. And it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't play quite as well. They may not be a bad actor, but they don't quite bring it home. And I thought this actor uh yeah i i thought he just hit that humor perfectly uh it's uh quite the nasty little creature that lies beneath his hat uh which which i thought was was really cool um i wasn't too sure about the episode because one one trope in horror that is just so it, it's just it, it particularly horror literature is stories about horror writers like that's just done a lot stephen king obviously uh plays that out a lot so uh so yeah i, I wasn't too sure but i'm pleased to say i loved it quite a bit there's references to richard matheson ray bradbury uh that i appreciated uh, very very much uh, if you're a reader I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy that as well. And the ending was great. I had a blast with this one. All right. So uh, I rate it four out of five. I'm also a four out of five. I will give this one four and a half out of five. 
Fair enough. It is your episode. (laughs) The guy didn't have a beard, so Dan took a half a point off right off the top. (laughs) Ah, there's, you know, there's, there's always the sequel. Uh, All right, so the next uh, segment from the same director's grieving process. Uh, In uh, this one, Richard's wife is attacked and becomes a shell of the woman he loved. He will do anything to help her feel better, even if it means sacrificing the innocent. All right, so uh, grieving process. So this is actually based on the uh, Mike McCarty short story. And uh, in this one, uh, we kind of, it picks up young couple debating, starting a family and having a baby. And uh, the wife ends up being attacked. Uh, And when she comes home from the hospital, she's very traumatized not obviously something off about her and i you know i won't spoil all that but uh uh people start dying bodies start piling up and uh yeah it's uh there's there's a twist to it she's she's not entirely uh maybe maybe not entirely human uh, anymore and this one's Somewhat more predictable, uh, I suppose. Uh, it definitely uh, seasoned horror fans will probably kind of guess where this one is is going, but I liked it nonetheless. This one's kind of familiar. There, there's a lot of very similar stories, so it's nothing too original. Obviously, only being around 20 minutes, I didn't have any issues with it. The actors are are all great. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I won't spoil the twist, but like I said, uh, I'd be curious to actually read the short story and see if there's any expanding on this at all. Strong ending, though, and, you know, uh, I think you'll be pleased. I could name some movies that if you like it, you'd probably like this, but that would give it away. Uh, what did you guys think of grieving process? I dug it. Um, I really, well, the thing I liked about this story just in general is that like, it starts off hitting you with some pretty heavy shit, but by the end it gets a little goofy with it. And I really dug that. Um, again, another one that just feels like it belongs in creep show, which is good. Cause it, it, I, I know we keep referencing that, but there's a couple of episodes in past seasons that just feel like, felt like they don't belong in like a creep show series but this balanced the the tone of it being serious at the beginning and then it getting really out there at the end uh i love the thing with the husband having to make all those various dishes that was a lot of fun uh the creature looked cool uh i wish we would have got a little bit more of it though um there's what well, there's multiple creatures but one of them i thought like the effect is really really awesome um and yeah as a whole it, it this was solid it's kind of, I, i'm kind of like at the point it was fine i didn't love it i didn't hate it if this was in the middle of a creep show feature this would have been uh an okay story i wouldn't have complained about it i wouldn't have hated mm-hmm. it i would have just went to the next one and that's kind of where i am with it 
It's enjoyable, but it's like not really a standout for me. All right. All right. Uh, well, I am a, uh, I'm a two and a half on this one. That's where I am. I'm a three and a half. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Moving on to our next episode, which is episode three. Uh, and it is Parent Death Trap into Grandmother's House We Go. But first, Parent Death Trap, uh, which, uh, let's see here. Uh, Lyle is in disappointment and his parents meddle in his life when their plan backfires. Uh, okay, like I said, short descriptions here, but we'll elaborate uh, a little bit more. Uh, so this one... Uh, they also throw these directors together. So if I make any mistakes on the director, I apologize. But uh, this one, I believe, is from uh, director PJ Pesky. And the other director is Justin uh, G. Dick. Um, so, yeah. So uh, parent death trap. Uh, so <clears throat> this one, uh, this one has some really uh nasty effects uh in terms of uh one second i'm getting ahead of myself guys i apologize i'm trying to keep all these notes together but uh yeah so uh with this one um this one is about the parents they're super rich and overbearing and this uh, this boy, Lyle, uh, is just trying to kind of cope with them being very overbearing. And it's not a spoiler to say, because it happens in, towards the beginning, that he kills them, uh, thinking he's finally free. But they nag him even more as ghosts. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I thought they became better parents. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I Other don't than know. the dad trying to watch him fuck, that was weird. <laughs> you know, you were my boy, get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so. maybe, maybe he was going to leave after he saw a titty. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> this one I, I did love quite a bit. I was starting to blend it with another family story. But uh, yeah. Um, I, I really dug this one. I, I thought it was hilarious. It kind of plays like a demented sitcom at times, which I really liked. And uh, I like the conversation even towards the end where like the dad, uh, who, who they're all they're all dicks. Uh, they're they're just awful, awful people. Uh, you, you don't quite br- blame Lyle too much and i'm i'm gonna say that's not a coincidence that his name is lyle uh <laughs> i've got to think that that's a, a reference to a certain 90s case well, there was no lemon uh, and ketchup so we're okay <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah th- this one again is a standout i loved family movie night uh with the ghosts uh <laughs> I thought that was really funny. They just would not fucking leave him alone for two seconds. Uh, it's it's the best episode of Everybody Loves Raymond that was never made. 
in in my uh, opinion. Now, so you got to go with, with family ties. Like Alex B. Keaton off the fucking tremors, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I watched a lot of classic sitcoms with my mom. Never really family ties. That was one of those few that I don't I know remember, why. I don't remember rerunning like right away. I remember. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know when. Yeah, I think it was out of first run by the time you started watching. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Never connected with that. But there's multiple twists in this one, and I thought the ending was perfect. Again, this one bleeds the creep show vibe. So I think it'll be a lot of people. It, certainly, I think for a lot of people in the top three for season four, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a blast. I probably could have hung with this one for a 90-minute movie. Dysfunctional Ghost Family. <laughs> what did you guys think? Much better than Ghost Dad. <laughs> that one's kind of dark now. I don't think you want Cosby being able to walk through walls and watch watch you in the shower. But yeah. what did yeah, you guys think? Not while I'm awake, at least. Um, for me, I didn't actually care for this one too much uh again just the tone and everything i'm not a big horror comedy guy unless it involves like guts being splattered all over the place we didn't really have much of that so as a whole and another another one i just i it was fine but wasn't my bag um i'm closer to dan i I think i'm a little bit more in the middle because like i couldn't have done a feature like i I feel like it would it it was a one note joke which worked worked perfectly for the segment i think it was the perfect amount and i did enjoy it just maybe not as much as dan because um i guess i'll just jump into right into rating it then um i'm I'm a three on this one so it is above average for me i did like it i'm a two out of five for this one okay Honestly, I'm a five on this one too. I really dug the story. All right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So, moving on to our next segment of the same episode to Grandmother's House We Go. Uh, And in this one, uh, Marsha takes her stepdaughter to her grandmother's house to claim their inheritance. Uh, So, yeah. So, Marsha is essentially a grifter. She just goes around marrying these rich men or men she thinks she can get something out of and betraying them and uh, just, you know, collecting whatever money she can. She's she's basically kind of a leech, uh, kind of a real housewives sort of character. And uh, as the title suggests... No surprise. Uh, this is a werewolf story. I should also point out it was written by William Butler, uh, which uh, another n- name of note. There's not a lot of like super famous directors beyond some of the ones we're mentioning on these. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, mean, I would even call William Butner's, Butler a super famous director. Well, he's not a direct. He wrote it, but okay. I would consider William Butler. I mean, full moon legend. I understand. Friday I know who he 13th. is, and I understand in this circle. But yeah. <laughs> um. So so a little bit maybe. Uh, I apologize. My dog's gonna freak out for a minute. 
a little bit light on the werewolf action, but what we do have, I think, really good creature effects. And uh, this one, again, it's a little bit predictable. I mean, it's to grandmother's house we go. So, you know, one of those ones you kind of know directly where it's going. This one's a little bit down the list for me, honestly, for this uh this season that's not to say i didn't have fun watching it i just it's it's another yeah. it's another one like i'd feel like a filler segment in a feature mm. i it, again not one i i love not one i hate but it was cool i'm fine <clears throat> i watched it once what's the next one it's it, that's kind of where i like that, yeah that's how i was too i thought the werewolf was cool but yeah. like i mean outside of that it Really, I, I wanted more out of it and more werewolf. So, yeah, the ending was good. Yeah. Very satisfying ending. This one is just, uh, yeah, kind of a, a middle of the road yeah. sort of thing. But, uh, but it, yeah, fits the tone. I'm two and a half. Same. Two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Cross the board. One half hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just one go. hole. That's still better than no hole. <laughs> All right. So. Our next episode is uh, episode four, uh, Meet the Belascos and a Cheat Code. And uh, in the uh, first episode, uh, Meet the Belascos. The Belascos get more than they bargain for when they move in next door to a vampire-hating suburbanite. All right. So in this one... Uh, Modern uh, vampire stuff, and uh, this is from uh, director uh, John Esposito. Modern vampire stuff is usually more miss than hit for me. And this is a really enjoyable episode. Uh, I, I've seen it all before in terms of the story. Uh, I mean, famously with True Blood. You know, we are living in this world where vampires are just discriminated against uh, and as they like, should be i, I was <laughs> what the I mean, can't you know. cancel me for that <laughs> they're well, not real now, well, they're i know out. right i'm fucked in five years <laughs> you're fucked we're gonna have to edit this episode but uh yeah no i it gave me a lot of deja vu uh, where I was just like, I kind of feel like I've been there, done that. Once again, it's a very well put together episode. I would have liked a little bit more emotion shown on the part of the uh, the vampire parents and the daughter. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more there. Uh, if you've watched the episode, you know they kind of like just kind of go in for the finish, and I felt like we could have had a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it works. Like I said, really uh, good ending, but I just kind of got this feeling like I was watching just a, a so-so episode of True Blood rather than uh, a creep show with this. And it, it is tough to kind of establish that romance between the two, uh, two teens in 20-something minutes. Um but horny teens they want to bang it was easy enough to believe they uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it happens yeah yeah this one's just kind of again more middle of the road i did like the the actors i thought uh the two young actors i thought they were 
they were fun. They had chemistry and it, it, uh, it was pretty cool towards the end. At the same time, I feel without spoiling it, she could have avoided what went down. I feel like there was a other ways around all of yeah, that. She wasn't very bright. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of <laughs> like, I feel like you could have, if you, you like have to have that happen to you, if you like warm bodies, this is the episode for you. And that's probably why I didn't like it. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember hating that movie. That was right. another date movie, and I was yeah. like, it was fine. well, yeah, I, I didn't hate it either. But I, I'm just saying it's that's yeah. the tone. We're I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe it was because I was single and I watched it. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Oh, it was like, well, it's better than Twilight. Let's yeah. watch this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate the fucking Twilight movies. Too, I dude. only had to get tormented by one, and I just fell asleep, and my wife never uh, I've had to see all of them. <laughs> it's not a good time, I'll tell you that much. Um, I think watching them now, I know, aren't they the riff tracks for those? Maybe that would be entertaining. That would be fucking funny, actually. Um, I watched yeah, the first two to get laid. <laughs> I fell asleep to get late. As as have I, as have I. Um, for this one, just I I don't know. Not my type of vampire. Uh, they like kind of reminded me of what we do in the shadows. Is that the TV show? That like, offends me immensely because this is nowhere near no, no, the but, level of. Okay. But but like the way they were acting and stuff. Uh, and there was a just it reminded me of that, but like obviously not as funny at all. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this it was meh, nothing really special at all. And it, it for a creep show episode, I was disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I was fine with it. It's another one, it was just kind of there. Um, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was nothing new, uh, it was fine. It was like there's nothing I I I hated it all in this season. This one just cut, was kind of a, in the middle one for me again too. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. I almost feel two and a half is low because it is kind of a well put together. Yeah. See, that's where I'm like, yeah. Episode. It's just it's very been there, done that. So I'll give it a three. Yeah. I'll give it a three because I do think a lot of people will enjoy it. Just it's it's not mining new ground at all so that was kind of an issue but it was, it, I, it was an enjoyable ride enough so i'll give it a three two maybe i'm being generous but i'm a two out of five okay cool so, cool so so, so Kruger like, definitely so, thinks i was generous <laughs> yeah well so far and, and like at this point after i saw this episode i'm starting to be like damn this season's like really weak for me but then but then we got the next segment. So I, if I, if I, you don't mind, I'd like to go first on this one. Cause sure. Uh, before, before we do, I, one thing I did notice this season and again, obviously I, I did enjoy it a lot, but I did notice, I feel like a little bit less of a budget overall. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think that. they got budget cut for sure. Yeah, I so. I think it's back to on par with season one. It seemed like the budget started getting bigger when they were doing the specials. Yeah, but season one I felt like had more practicals. Like that, you see more CGI now in the later seasons. And that couldn't. That doesn't even necessarily have to be budget nowadays. 
but yeah, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. But I remember their budgets; they seemed bigger around the specials. This mm. is yeah. So I haven't yeah. been went back and watched the first one, but yeah, because there's a segment coming up that there was some CGI. I was very offended at. <laughs> okay, what happened? Any um, word on a special this year? Uh, no, I, know. I haven't we heard li- anything. Yeah, we literally like- just we literally just got this. There's definitely not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. We'll find. We'll probably find out when Shutter releases their December schedule. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next episode, cheat code, and in this one, a father and son bond by playing an old retro video game from the dad's childhood, but soon found out there's a reason it was abandoned to time. All right. So cheat code, uh, Lachlan Monroe, a notable. Notable guest star in this, uh, which everybody, if you don't know the name, you've seen him in 10 million things. Scary movie, which Todd and Ozzy and Greg just did on Farce. So check that episode out, uh, among many other things. But uh, Kruger, you wanted to go first. What did you think of Cheat Code? I love Lachlan Monroe. So seeing him as the dad was really cool. And I just thought he was fantastic in this episode. He played that character like to a T perfectly. Uh, it's just a, and he's just a dad trying to spend some time with his son, but his son's kind of an asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the I I don't know when you were growing up, like you go through that thing with your parents, and then just seeing it like as you're older, you're like, damn, that probably really sucks for the parents. So I fell for his character, and it, it I also I just love retro video games. So this was definitely my episode. Him pulling out, you know, a little eight-bit side scroller was just like really, really fucking cool. And uh, to see like how the, his son ends up getting sucked into the game, and it all leads up to this awesome final boss with an alien. And the alien reminded me of the alien that we got in Without Warning, but like, yeah, better. Like, it looks so much better than that alien that we got in that movie. But, like, I feel like they were going for that vibe. And I don't, like, necessarily love that movie. But I do enjoy watching it from time to time just because it's, like, a pre-Predator. It, it's it, There's a lot of similarities to the Predator. And it came out a couple years before. So it's a yeah. cool little piece of horror history. And I was glad that they paid homage to it in this episode. And... uh yeah, I, I love this. This was probably my favorite episode of the uh, or my favorite segment of the season. And uh, yeah, or actually, no, I, there was still one more that beat it, but we'll get to that later. But this was definitely a highlight for me. Probably my second. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I did really like this episode. It's funny because I, I had an actual unplanned double feature because I watched Scary Movie the same day for far. Oh, really? So I was like, well, okay. That's <laughs> so awesome. He aged 30 years or 20 years in like 10 minutes, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved it. You know, the father-son stuff, I, I, I get. So um, it, it was just a good episode. Cool creature, as as uh, Kruger put out. Um, yeah, definitely in my favorites of the season. Also reminded me of Freddy's Dead <laughs> a little bit with them getting sucked into the game. which And now, Dan, here he comes to hate it. <laughs> Dude, that, that's probably like one of the big that in the fucking uh the hearing aid scene like that's the two reasons why i can't like say i hate that movie because i love those two scenes yeah you you know this 
might sound weird, but for a modern kid, I didn't think he was a big enough piece of shit. I was <laughs> so like, now Dan's like, mad they're not a douchebag. Yeah, right. Well, so then, I mean, you know, it's just like I felt like he 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 should. <laughs> most kids that age this these days, I know, old man hat. They're real fucking pieces of shit, generally. And I was like, eh, I think you could have been a bigger piece of shit to be more realistic. Although I, I don't know if it totally dates itself. I mean, obviously, this is like a game from the I was going to say, this is but... it's kind of like the timeless thing. So if you don't nail down that yeah. 2023 douchebagginess, it could take place anytime. It's post-2000s. But obviously. I have to tell you, Dan, white kids... Have always been douchebags to their parents, so it doesn't matter what year it is. Kids have always been douchebags, but they are bigger <laughs> douchebags today. No, oh, you're did just I tell older. You about, did I tell you about the bicycle incident? Oh no! So Was I'm walking after three thousand, as seen on "It's Always Sunny." I'm walking my dog on the sidewalk. Thankfully, this fucking, <laughs> this, this fucking kid comes barreling with his bike which you're i i've never played this card but you're not supposed to ride your bikes on the sidewalk let alone as fast as he was going came about that close from hitting my dog which if he did that would have been a wicked ass weight whipping but luckily he didn't and then he kind of like eyeballs me like it's my fault and i did i was like don't eyeball me you little fuck <laughs> and then he did leave he didn't try and square up or anything uh yeah, the dad just got his ass kicked by fucking some twelve-year-old on the bike. Hey, he was—he was probably about. He would have been cur- cursing Blum yeah. at this whole time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it actually would have been funny. I would have went live so you could have seen me putting the ass beating on the the game. God, there dude, was... you just—you just fiending to go to jail. Oh, my. I'm just saying, like you almost hit my dog. You're you lucky just I didn't slap you. But yeah, get off my fucking lawn. God damn it! See, um, if it was like a nor, like a you know, of age person, it's one thing. But the fact that you're gonna go beat that some five year old on this bike is hilarious. To me. I would have probably have had to fight two of them. The other one at least <laughs> made an effort to like go off to the side, so they're not coming right up on me oh, and nearly hitting my head. Yeah, I'm just picturing Dan fighting off these fucking kids, and they just start know. jumping them. I hope they drug you off to the cornfield. Yeah, they were still a little bit. In a few years, maybe it would be hard to take out three of them. Uh, there was another one like off in the distance. I don't know if they would have even bothered, but yeah, they, they just started stripping down naked to fight. So no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a strategy. It distracts them. If they did, that would definitely not get that screener from Shudder. <laughs> I should have just held my arm out and just let him clothesline himself off the bike. Because he would have gotten in trouble. He wasn't supposed to be riding the bike. On the... But anyways, rant, side rant, done. Right. Uh, so this episode... We waited till we could re- we rated this thing. Well, I got to talk about it first. All right. So I felt like this one, the whole idea of the kid going into a video game, I felt like you needed maybe a little bit more money to bring that to life. I mean, it is like an old school video game, so obviously you don't need the big special effects and everything. I don't think this one was my favorite like you guys. I enjoyed it, and I, I can see this being a, a favorite for a lot of people and hitting the sort of 
nostalgia uh, feels. Uh, the alien was fine. I just didn't think there was anything particularly special about this one. You know, like I didn't get I didn't get to really feel as though I was watching this kid. It's like a, a horror game. Jumanji. It is the horror Jumanji that that was mentioned. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This one was kind of like, eh, I can go Minus back the and watch dealer. Brain Scan or something. I don't know. Didn't. Needed a little bit more money, I think. But that maybe that's just me. But I liked seeing Lachlan Monroe. It's always weird. He was one of those guys that I felt was just going to play teenagers forever. And now he's kind of looking his age, and it's kind of sad. And now but, he's like the dad in every fucking movie. Dude, yeah. I know. It's like, and then I like to watching impact wrestling i'm like oh, chris saban's an old man now what the fuck's that <laughs> there's a lot of uh uh hernandez 50 years old there's a lot well, of he these was always old though he was like 40 in his prime no that's probably true. i wouldn't yeah. say 40 but later early. well i know yeah. he's one of the later you know started late no no like, people are getting homicides old. fucking old too dude yes yeah, he's probably 50 at least. Fucking Joe's like 45, I think. Yeah. Ugh. It's sad. Uh, did we right. rate this yet? No, no, we did not. Dan, what? since you're going to be the lowest, what are you thinking? Two and a half. It's fine. Yeah. Kruger? Four and a half out of five. I'm a four out of five. All right. So, Two moving five. on to our... Fifth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two more episodes. Moving Sorry, on four more our... segments, two more episodes. <laughs> Moving on to our next uh, episode, Something Burrowed, Something Blue, and Doodles. Um, so uh, the first episode, uh, Something Burrowed, Something Blue, uh, a young couple are... I'm going to have to elaborate a little bit more. <laughs> a young couple are gifted everything they could ever wish for. Um, so this is the Tom Atkins episode. And Tom Atkins is playing the father of this girl uh, who he's been estranged from for basically 15 years, more or less. Uh, Tom Atkins is rich. She's struggling with her uh, with her soon-to-be uh, husband and out of nowhere uh, he contacts them lets them know uh, that he doesn't uh, uh, doesn't have a whole a lot longer to live and he wants to make amends and uh, it, it turns out that he actually needs the uh, the husband to take his place uh, for a certain task that has to be done every 15 years. And uh, so good to see Tom Atkins. Uh, you know, I love Tom Atkins. I think everybody in the chat loves Tom Atkins. Uh, he is getting a little bit older. Uh, Acting-wise, I think it's kind of an Ellen Burstyn situation. Tom Atkins doesn't act all that often anymore, so... He's not as on point, but it's still fun to see him. And this is a short, so it, it's it's still a you know it's good old time. man. It's old man Tom Atkins being old man Tom Atkins. I mean, there's really yeah. not 
I don't think his acting styles changed that much. He needed no to fuck. Was. He needed to fuck somebody's. Brother. Yeah, I was di- I was disappointed he wasn't dropping any panties. See, I think that's the thing. The eight, that's what slowed him down there. No. But <laughs> I think acting wise, everything else, he it was this. You know, he he's never been. I mean, his energy levels obviously. Dan, he's older. I I don't think there's any acting has lessened of anything. I think it's just age. Tom Atkins, uh, Cliff, Tom Atkins mustache needs to be in a buddy movie with Tom Selleck's mustache. That could be a creep show episode. They get like detached and possessed by something and it's just like a killer mustache movie. Something like that. I don't know. I'm a fan, but yeah, this is another kind of so-so episode. There's uh, the setup's cool. I don't know if it sticks the landing so much for me like i i I get what you mean like it there's a certain point where it's like it kind of just goes into a i don't want to say predictable direction but i think i would have liked something different well well, there was no like fucking big animatronic creature payoff or anything like that we got some bullshit cgi greg nicotero i love you but that was fucking unforgivable especially in the episode with tom atkins motherfucker i know he cost a lot of money all right but like you should have took some of the effects from a couple other episodes and gave us some big fantastical creature at the end because I I was really digging this episode a lot, but I was really hoping, you know, for a creep show esque monster to pop out at the end. And we got some pretty shitty CGI in my opinion. So um, that hindered a lot of my enjoyment for this episode, but my enjoyment was still pretty high because of Tom Atkins. So, yeah, I mean, there's some fun to be had, I guess. With the ending, uh, this was one of those episodes where I was like, "Man, they're really cutting budgets." Yeah, <laughs> it did me. give me it did give me monster yeah. in the basement vibes too. So like, monster I mean, yeah. in the closet. No, no, or what the fuck, monster in the crate. My bad. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. yeah, yeah, the crate. Yeah, you you could tell <clears throat> budget wise on this one, but it, it is a thing. If you're a fan of Tom Atkins, it's great to see him. And I, honestly, that is what this episode's really about. It's just mm-hmm. here's Tom Atkins doing some Tom Atkins stuff as an old man. Yep. Enjoy, and I'm okay with that. Um, it was it was fun to see him back in the show. Um, right. But either, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't a body swap episode with him be pretty cool? Like, just he just trades places with some younger guy, and he just like. Oh, bangs okay. like everybody at the frat. I was gonna go with he could trade places with Bruce Campbell, and I'd watch the shit out of that. Takes everybody's girlfriend at his local fraternity. It would be that would be a funny sex comedy. But you're still seeing him as Tom Atkins. You know what I mean? Like you're you're seeing Tom Atkins like chugging the beers and uh, you know the jizz winning the jizz cookie game. You know, like yeah. That's some white people shit, Dan. The jizz cookie or jizz pizza, that is a frat thing that is nationwide. You're muted, Todd. Oh, you're just yelling. Okay. I meant to mute Dan so I didn't have to hear his goddamn grossness. Can white we people shit? Fucking move on to the next. Or let's rate this. 
They must bring it. God damn it, Dan. We're not on fucking Patreon. Knock that shit off. Yeah. All right. Always something with this fucking. I'm a little bit maybe harsh on this one, but I'm like a one and a half. I didn't love this. I'm a three. I'm a three as well. All right. All right. So moving on to our next episode. Uh, Unfortunately, Tom Atkins free. Doodles. Uh, This one's from director uh, PJ Pesky. I think it's how you say that name. Uh, And this one is kind of about a cartoonist girl who's interviewing for this new job in this sort of cutthroat industry and arrival kind of convinces her that her drawing sucks but then goes ahead and steals it and gets the job and uh this leads to her making a you know uh kind of making a wish i believe but then what she draws in her doodles starts to come true uh so uh this is this story's been done more than a few times actually in a lot of different anthology uh episodes so it's it's pretty heavy been there done that uh we have somewhat of a little bit of a slog in the midway here with some of these episodes i didn't hate anything uh the Tom Atkins episode may be the closest to really not liking. Uh, this has some really cool gore. But, again, it just felt like a so-so segment that could have been in any horror anthology. Um, and I've seen this story. I've seen the uh, the story of, you know, right drawing and then it just coming to life. It doesn't do anything particularly different with that idea. And... I don't know. This one was just okay. There is some good gore, uh, though, that which I'm sure probably satisfied you, Kruger. Yeah. What did you get? What did you guys think? I mean, I dug it a lot, probably because of the gore. I mean, dude, that head splat scene was magnifique. Uh, but I get what you're saying. It has been there, done that. But also, I, I mean, for a simple little story, I, I am getting some like really cool effects i had a great time with it definitely my least favorite story cool effects um again like i said i didn't hate any of them but this is probably my least favorite of the season all right okay. well why don't we rate this one then all right i'm a two and a half i'm a three and a half i'm a two and a half also all right all right last episode here we go. Our last episode, uh, which uh, is George Romero in 3D and Baby Teep. Uh, George Romero first. A struggling bookstore owner finds unpublished comics of the legendary George Romero, but the comics end up leading to new troubles involving the living dead. Uh, all right. So... We go out strong here yeah. because uh, this one is fucking awesome. Uh, we do. See, I expected you to hate this one off the bat, Dan, because this is very stunt casting and a whole concept thing. This is normally the kind of stuff you'd hate. I- I'm-, I'm glad you didn't, but I- I'm just kind of surprised. Just throwing. Oh, no. Uh, George- getting to see George Romero 
on screen, uh, you know, as performed by a very uh, good actor. Uh, I didn't know George Romero, but I met him at several cons and I was like, oh, wow. If his life warranted a 90 minute movie, this guy probably could have done a, a very good job. And yeah, I love the concept of this, the, the whole idea of this struggling business owner, family business, trying to make a brick and mortar work in uh, modern times. I, you know, that's something we talk about a lot. It's sad to see all these places closed down. And uh, I just, and this is another one too, where I don't think they had a lot of money. This all takes place in this tiny little bookstore. You know, it's not a particularly, you know, uh, grand episode in terms of production value or anything, but it is just so much fun getting to see, uh, see 3d George Romero, uh i would have liked to have watched this in 3d oh dude that <laughs> that would have been amazing yeah uh, you know that's my beef right <laughs> right <laughs> budget um there's an homage to the helicopter zombie from yep. dawn of the dead with the ceiling fan i was in fucking See, heaven this is why i'm confused because this is all the stuff dan hates and recalls that's what's so confusing to me. Like all well, this it, stuff is just to make you pop. It's like that's what they're doing. It's a good story. I know I understand that, but you normally it just immediately turns you off when well, we go. It's not into this always territory. a good story. You got to give me more than oh hey, it's the bookstore stuff. Yeah, I, I think I you're right the because they they. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, and there's a lot. I mean, if you're a fan of George Romero and a fan yeah. of those films, yeah, this is a love letter. Uh, I don't know if it would have worked as a 90-minute feature necessarily. You could be right with that. It may not have worked. Uh, I certainly, you would have to open it up a little bit more. Uh, there are some callbacks to some of the previous episodes. Uh, the Hat, because we have some Stephen Bachman books yeah. on display uh, in, in there. So there's some fun callbacks there. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea of putting on these 3D glasses and you know, zombies at the bookstore. I mean, I, this, this one, very Freddy's one of my favorites. Yeah. Ugh. Two references, one season. This is actually good. Not Freddy's dead, Todd. Oh, don't reference that movie. Um, I loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. The acting, this one just nailed it, but what did you guys think? Because I don't know, maybe you didn't like it as much. I won't reference it, but they definitely reference Freddy Dead with the 3D glasses. You're I just want to fucking you're gonna make me knock off a star. Good, that's what I'm doing. Because you're, I really did expect you to hate it. Like I loved it, but normally just those things that they throw in just to get you to that Dan normally hates all that shit. So I'm surprised. Although the last one he did like and I hated, I can't remember which one that was. There was a, another. When uh, a recent, you know, requel type one, um, because I think I uh, it's one. I'd have this to go back year, and look. Yeah, it was it this must year. Be further back this year? No, huh. it was this year. It okay. wasn't, oh, but I'll, I'll 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 know by the year end show when I go through. I'll I'll make note of it. Which one I'm talking about? Okay. Um, yeah, I I loved it. I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Greg Nicotero knocked knocked it out of the fucking park with this. Uh, this is a beautiful tribute to his friend George Romero, and I mean, yeah, dude, it's fucking amazing. Uh, I loved all the references to you know the great George Romero zombie flicks, and uh, this was a I definitely could have took a whole ninety minute feature for this alone. Just the idea of the spirit of George Romero going through a zombie like outbreak is just so fucking cool to me. <laughs> and I also love the effect, like the way they had him almost looking like he was coming out of a comic. Uh, that was great. And this is a highlight of the season for sure. And one of my favorite uh, segments. We need the Italian version now with Lucio. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh man. They put it on the glasses, and he just slaps the shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh man, yeah, this was definitely a feel good episode, and just again a reason why I love this show, and it's one of my favorite shows going to th- today. They've been saving these like types of episodes, like like because we've had the last couple where we've gone into different films. Yeah, we've yeah, well, dude, we got a fucking Evil Dead episode. I, I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, it's it that's what I love about this show is you never really know what you're going to get and I I wasn't sure just seeing the name, you know, uh George Romero in 3D and it paying, you know, it, like that's a great that that's an eye catcher and it paying off and being a great segment is it Do was this awesome. Do this with David Cronenberg. Where oh my in, god! Don't in the even. bookstore, it's just a bunch of people start getting V eight VCR vaginas on their face <laughs> and attacking everybody. That'd be great. <laughs> How do I stop the VHS vaginas? All right. Well, <laughs> maybe George- we send George Romero back with he. He can be like the more nerdy kid that's trying to get the cheerleader. And Tom Atkins is like the jock. So we send what? them back for the sex comedy. That I hate way. this. No. Uh, yeah, what if we oh, take so what if we take old George Romero and we send him back in time to Night of the Living Dead and he has to stop an actual zombie outbreak? Yes. <laughs> or he gets there stuck he into his movie. There you go. <laughs> you just get like the real Tom Savini. He's just like fucking annoyed all the time. <laughs> He's more like Brian O'Halloran and Clerks than like the Tom Savini you have in your head. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. That always seemed like he was, you know, when he's having a bad day, I think he's just channeling his inner Randall at the booth. (laughs) I mean, dude, he's fucking Italian. Give him a break. He's like, uh, he's like night of the living dead. Ah, that movie sucks. (laughs) Did you ever hear Piz's story about Tom Savini trying to steal like, I guess it would have been like $80 or whatever it was from him. Like he gives a hundred dollar bill and, uh, like just is kind of waiting because that's not it wasn't a hundred dollar autograph. Is it uh change please? <laughs> and then it's like Savini looks like looks at him a minute, like I didn't you didn't give me a hundred dollars. <laughs> like and it wasn't a gag. It's hilarious if you ever hear him tell that story. <laughs> well, I, I well instead we had Dan tell us someone else's story. So thank you. Well Piz isn't on this show right now, god damn it. So I'm sure he'd tell it better, but it's a funny story. It always tells there's, other people's stories. I don't like telling Dan's stories. There's a lot of uh, Tom Savini douche stories out there. Yet he's never been a douche to me. I've always had good experiences with him at conventions. And 
drive. And if there was anyone he should have been a douche to. <laughs> nah, he respects him, man. And then I wonder why he was a douche to Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably one too many Night of the De Living Dead remake questions. <laughs> I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it with Chris that they would. Yeah. Yeah. 13 year old Chris would have been a lot. This <laughs> uh, <Chris> is a lot. <laughs> I hope he watches this and kicks your ass. Dad. Uh, we do have one last story. Uh, baby T. Did we did we rate George Romero in 3D? No. Oh, I'm a. No, five. We're just gonna Sorry. say five. Yeah. Five. One big okay. hole. One big hole. So in baby teeth, Shelby's mom struggles to accept that her baby is growing up. But hanging on to childhood relics isn't as harmless as she thinks. All right, Dan, tag me in because this. Oh, go for it. This was fucking awesome. First off, probably the most annoying little girl I've ever fucking seen on screen in the wild. More she, realistic, yeah. She drove me fucking crazy, and seeing her get her comeuppance at the end was fucking awesome. Um, and just this story alone is. A really cool like little folklore creature story uh the creature we get is terrifying as fuck looking the little fucking nubs for like arms and stuff was just really really gross and seeing that like poke out of a dress was just it was twisted the way it ripped people's jaws off to eat their teeth fucking awesome uh great gore in this everything about this i loved and this was a fucking highlight of the season and by far my favorite segment. Okay. Well, that, yeah. That, and an episode that already, you know. Yeah. Hit a home great, run, yeah. yeah. I, I think my nostalgia makes me go for the other one a little bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more this one, but. But, yeah, they're both great. I, I, I really like this one, too. Um, It's just, a, if this would have been in any other episode, this would have been the best for mm -hmm. me of that episode um but it unfortunately it's in the one with romero in 3d um great episode um a little overshadowed for me i kind of would have rather ended with the romero yeah that this would have been a good warm-up for that dan uh i i actually love this episode i thought the uh the doll the monster uh, was extremely creepy. Felt like it was more at home in like an '80s or '90, early '90s uh, horror film. Uh, I think uh, in terms of the effects, you'll be very pleased with this one. I can kind of see like maybe flip it, you know, just close out yeah. with Romero. Uh, that's one thing this season. It it really kind of the beginning and the end were the the best as far as i'm concerned really overall I, I think they hit such a high and then they closed on a, a big high um and uh this episode is no exception this actually has probably some of the best gore in the entire yeah. uh, in the entire season uh the the jaw being torn out and uh yeah very very nasty very creepy story that you know if you're a fan of uh tiny terrors uh this one i think hits it's pretty hard uh and it's not not played for laughs or anything this one's a oh. little bit more balls to the wall uh horror and i enjoyed it uh, quite a bit and i give it 
I give this one four stars. I'm a four and a half. Five stars for me. All right. Well, we're almost done. I know we got another show coming up. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, the whole season. Yeah. What What do you What do you think it for the whole season overall? I think it was a strong enough season. It, I think it was book well book ended really well, and I think watching them all at once really helped for me. I mean, watching them weekly, I think we might have saw the slower parts a little slower than we actually they actually you know seem now, but. Yeah, I mean this the season definitely had like some of the best segments I think out of the whole show from start to now. Um but the middle did drag a bit for me and I was I like I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in it, but as a whole, I wish there was a couple of segments that were a little stronger cuz I was looking at like the way I I rated these segments last year and I, I last year was just more consistent for me. Uh, cause last year I didn't have like anything go below like three and a half stars. And then this was probably the only time I've ever given two stars to a segment. Uh, so it's a little bit of a dip, but closed out with some of the best. Yeah. Yeah. It, it as a whole, I would say, I don't know that it's my favorite season of creep show. I'd kind of have to go back and place episodes, but. Uh, it's another very strong one. Uh, a lot of people, for some reason, are in that headspace of just uh, for whatever reason, uh, I, I won't watch it. I like the movies too much. Just like the people that wouldn't watch Walking Dead because, like, oh, they ripped off from Harold. Uh, well, they did, obviously. Well, sure, they wouldn't. It wouldn't exist without that. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy something. Everyone ripped uh, off from it, me. Or get it right. <laughs> Yeah, I I hope people will give this show a chance. I think the highs are very very strong, yeah. and yeah. And if you're in the effects and practical effects, it's one of the only shows going that goes mainly the practical route, and it's really really awesome to see, especially if you yeah. like little rubber monsters or fucking big animatronics. Sometimes, yeah, we had some of the you know. There's some CG, but you, yeah. you're right. This one at least tries to keep, keep it practical. Uh, what worked about the other ones. So, so guys, we're going to be live one more time for a double unboxing, right? Two? Yes, double. We're okay. doing vinegar syndrome and some toxie. Yeah, I was going to say last time uh, you... You, you you ended up having like more and more boxes, but these are well. Yeah, if that one would have got here yesterday, vinegar scissor, but we would have just did that yesterday. But that yeah. and, Ter- and Toxic Avenger, so we're gonna unbox those and the other gimmick in three minutes. So we should wrap. All right, guys. On that note, we'll see you right over there. Uh, for... I'm gonna drop the link in the comments for them. All right, uh, Patreon.com/slash/FleshwoundFeatures. Uh, Lots of great content on there. And uh, thanks for being a very awesome chat. Hopefully you carry on over to the unboxing. And we'll see you in just a few. Later. Good night. Good evening. That's what I mean. There you go. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep.